everyone. Welcome to episode 59 of the Real Food Mamas podcast. This is a podcast about two moms chatting about health, nutrition, and real life to help families and future generations to live healthy and happy lives. I'm Aglaé Jacob, a real food registered dietitian and mom, and I'm also the author of the book and cookbook, Digestive Health with, with Real Food. Digestive health would always remain <clears throat> a big passion of mine, sorry, but right now my focus is on helping women heal their relationship with food and their body. So I'm just about to launch a new, um, a new group of classes called the Radicata Seed Classes, launching on May 1st. So if you're listening to this in April, uh, make sure to check it out. Uh, you can go to my website, radicatanutrition.com, R-A-D-I-C-A-T-A, and the link is in the show note too, to find out more. But basically, this is a four-month program to help women uh, really address all different parts of their self because it usually goes way beyond food when we struggle with food. And in this program, we touch on the mind, our thoughts, the heart, our emotions, the body, of course, and our physical needs, but also our soul and how we can integrate all of that into our life. And today I'm here with my amazing co-host, Stephanie Granke. Steph is a registered dietitian and mom, as well as an expert at helping women balance their hormones naturally. And she's passionate about everything related to natural fertility, pregnancy, the postpartum period, and babies. You can find more about her and her services at rockyourhormones.com. And check out her program, Healthy Mama, Happy Baby, which is a virtual pregnancy handbook she created with a co-creator of a whole 30, Melissa Hartwig. And the link to that is in the show notes as always too. So many of our listeners have expressed interest in Stephanie's second postpartum, and we decided to dedicate an entire episode to it because there are so many nuggets of wisdom that Stephanie's going to share with us. And um, so, and we'll discuss how she's handling life with two little ones, how she's recovering, things she's doing differently, and lots of tips for new mamas. So hi, Stephanie, how are you doing today? I'm good. Today is a good day. <laughs> you know, in the postpartum, you're definitely going to have your span of good days and your span of trying days, but today is a good one. Yeah, and it's still pretty early, so... Uh, <laughs> that That's helps. true. You never know what can happen today. <laughs> so can you tell us more how was this postpartum different than your first? Uh, I, I've heard that it has been quite different, so I'm really curious to hear more about that. Yeah, it's completely different. And I contribute that to a couple of things. The first, just having experience as a mom and feeling more confident in my ability to mother, um, knowing that I'm not going to break my baby and realizing <laughs> how resilient babies are after having Otto. Learning from my mistakes. I think we all pick up things or, you know, do things during our first postpartum that when we look back, we're like, that wasn't the most productive use of our time or mental energy. And so I learned a lot from that experience. Um, and then different babies are, they have different personalities and different needs. And luckily, you know, I was told this by a bunch of people, but the second baby sometimes is your gift, especially if you had a, a very spirited or high needs baby with your first. And that proved to be true for me. Um, Leo is just the sweetest angel. He, you know, I haven't had really 
any issues with him in sleep. Um, and I've been doing the exact same things that I've been doing with Otto. So that kind of made me feel good. And, you know, I, I've talked to you about this too. It's mm-hmm. sometimes we kick ourselves about, oh, we broke our baby with sleep or we did something wrong. And that's why our baby's a, um, a bad sleeper. But did the exact same things with Leo as I did with Otto. And he just took off and figured it out on his own. So wanted to make sure moms knew that because it's not you. It's really just your baby's development, your baby's readiness to sleep well. So and that's good all, to know. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but it's yeah. good to know because sometimes other people might be trying to give us tips and, you know, tell us, you know, oh, with my baby, I did this and it worked. And then you feel like you, you there's something wrong with you if it doesn't work for you, but it's really about the baby, right? Oh, it is. Um, And even just things like, uh, still to this day, Otto wants to fall asleep with us laying next to him and being with him. He wants Mm -hmm. us to be with him while he's trying to fall asleep. And when he wakes up in the middle of the night, if we're not there, he's really upset. Whereas with Leo, he gets distracted if I'm in the room with him. You know, I'll try to rub his belly or rub his head and, you know, just be there for him. And he has trouble he's he has trouble falling asleep that way whereas if i rub his head say good night and leave the room he can put himself to sleep and it's 10 times faster that way that sounds amazing to me because yeah aiden, <laughs> my, my aiden is very much like your auto and needs a lot of help and support to fall asleep and even during the night so that's that's really good news <laughs> yes yeah and i think you know not spending my entire day trying to get the baby to sleep like I did with my first postpartum has um, opened up a lot more time for me to have my own space, my time to work, my time to play, my time to take a shower, and those things have been really mm-hmm. healing for me. So sleep is huge. I mean, the nights that he doesn't sleep or the days that he is a little bit harder to get down for naps, I can tell my energy and my mood is definitely much lower. Yes. Yeah. So, and then other things with the postpartum. So we kind of talked about why it's different. Um, So a few things that I picked up from the first one that um, I brought into the second postpartum was using some um, self-care tips and using some herbs. Um, I don't want to get into my specific protocol, but I did, you know, I joke around. People are like, well, why is your, your postpartum better this time I go coffee wine and adaptogens (laughs) you're just joking around but um you know I've been more relaxed about my coffee intake I think the first one I was like oh I don't want to drink that much coffee I'm scared it's gonna impact the baby and you know I realized with Otto and Leo they can both handle two even three cups of coffee and be totally fine Mm-hmm. So I have my morning coffee and that's like really soothing for me. And I do every now and then have a glass of wine, which I didn't with Otto. Um, and then adaptogenic herbs, I was a little bit nervous about introducing in my first postpartum and I've started using them in my second postpartum. And I think that really helps to deal with the tax on my adrenals and the lack of sleep and just overall mood in general. Um, I tend to be anxious and as you know, just my general personality trait, but as a mom, that's definitely accelerated because we worry about every little thing that happens to our baby. And so taking the adaptogens have been really helpful in calming my nerves with that. 
Yeah, and I, I, I know you don't want to share exactly what you are taking because this is something that I believe uh, we should be working with a healthcare professional, right, to find the right one because not all of them are suited for for nursing moms, right? Yeah, and that's something, you know, with my clients, I figure out what their needs are because, you know, some are more stimulating than others, some are more soothing. It depends on how deep into that adrenal tax or what they call adrenal fatigue or burnout um, you are, um, you know, other health issues. Uh, a couple that are good if you want to kind of play around with the approval of your provider, uh, Aviva Ram created a few, and these are only for these are not for pregnancy. These are for the postpartum and beyond, um, but they're called the Adrenaline, and they're something that you can look into. Um, so that's something to play around with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, you know, with this postpartum, Leo, is he nurses a lot better, and he was more efficient and effective from the get-go than Otto was. So I know that's something you and I both, we would type messages to each other in Facebook Messenger <laughs> like, oh my god, why is this so hard? Breastfeeding was such a challenge for me with Otto. But Leo, either he picked it up a lot faster, or just the comfort and understanding of how the whole process works and what it should feel mm. like, and um, you know, my experience with it led to a smoother nursing experience with my second. Yeah, that's really interesting. And would you say, like, I know for your first uh, postpartum, you were reading tons of things about sleep <sighs> and breastfeeding and yeah. all of these things. I think that it was also something that, that's been different. And do you feel it's because you already have the knowledge or you trust your gut more or a combination of both? Yeah, I think that's a trap a lot of new moms can get into is you have all this time when your baby is sleeping and you're recovering to you know, either do whatever you want, you know, watch TV or read. And a lot of times, you know, especially our audience, they're moms that truly care and want to learn and want to know everything about their baby and how they can be the healthiest and the best mom ever. And that could be to your detriment where you read almost too much. And when it comes to sleep, just don't even go there. Um, you know, there's a couple <laughs> of principles, I think, learning about how long your baby should be awake. Um, in between naps is a good place to start, but reading five or 10 or 15 books about sleep is going to make you go crazy. And every baby is different. Every situation is different. So... Yes, I definitely didn't read books, and that was because I had the experience with my first. I knew how much it drove me crazy, and when you have another kid running around, you don't have that free time like you did with your first to just lay around in bed. You're chasing your other one, um, and you know, yeah, reading kind of goes out the window until they both go to bed. <laughs> Okay. And uh, and I think that, did you go back uh, to, uh, y- you were also like, uh, more, I, feel, I feel like you're ready to go and, and, and do more things or do mm-hmm. go back to normal life uh, way sooner than with your past postpartum. Tell us more about that. Yeah, that was, that was a combination of two things. Um, the first being the delivery with Leo went a lot faster and smoother. I didn't have any tearing. I had a little bit of tearing with Otto. And so I didn't notice extra bleeding or lochia when I went for walks. And so I kind of pushed it a little bit faster, a little bit earlier, 
or harder a little bit earlier with Leo. And so, you know, with Otto, after, even after five weeks, I was still bleeding a little bit. Whereas with Leo, it kind of stopped after the third week. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have any pain or pressure with either of them, but I just took it easier because I didn't know better with the first. With the second, you kind of are forced to move around a little bit more just because you've got another little kid to care for. Um, but I think the other big factor with me moving around more, which led to a reduction in my anxiety and depression tendencies, was the philosophy of my midwives. So my first set of midwives with Otto, they told me to lay in bed for the first 30 days, you know, and I think that's a great idea for some moms and it's a great idea if you've had a a harsh delivery, but with my personality, I go crazy if I'm caught up in the house too long and caught up in bed too long. And I love being outside. I love moving. And that prescription that they gave me that I trusted and followed just didn't work. Now, that wasn't to say I went out and ran within the first 30 days or I went on hikes or you really pushed it, but just going outside for walks, even if they're 10 minute walks, um, going and hanging out with my neighbors next door, um, getting out of the house in general was so much better for me. And that's what my second midwife prescribed. She said, you know, I know how your personality is. And as much as it's important as a general rule to rest, and it's a good idea to give yourself about a month, you specifically need to get out. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that you know we need to understand about ourselves as moms is you, you don't need to go crazy with activity or movement, but you do probably need to get out of the house if you have an anxious or um, anxious personality or a tendency towards depression. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really imp- yeah. That's uh, I think really good to know and to take into consideration or our personality and still that's just one more reminder that there's no one one size fits all approach right of course we need to to rest and recover during the postpartum but uh, again uh, there are many different ways to do it and to to make it work for us yeah yeah did what did your midwives tell you about getting out of the house versus laying in bed and relaxing for yeah, the first 30 I, to 40 i don't remember what this this uh, what they said specifically but what i had read and what i i i, I read about like the 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 chinese way and mm-hmm. those old ways of having the women stay in bed pretty much or in the bedroom for the first month and that's what i did and i think that i think it was actually good for me i think that's the th- kind of thing that I that I needed and it was also fall so the you know the weather was getting colder in Canada so uh, I think it was good on the good days we would go out for a little walk if it was sunny but I I I think that for me having that really nurturing and and like little nest worked well for me but it might be different for the for another one I, I everybody's so different and I guess it might change from one delivery or one postpartum to uh, another too yeah hmm. yeah absolutely but yeah it's good, something good to know about yourself yes and okay. to not feel bad if you're not the kind of person that wants to lay around or not feel bad if you're not the kind of person that wants to get out you know you just mm-hmm. you're your own person exactly listen to your body <laughs> and uh, what are you doing for self-care this time around i am 
I, I want to say the word selfish. I'm being a little bit more selfish with my time, but that's not the right word. No. I'm just being, <laughs> I'm honoring what I need to make myself feel better and feel more like myself. And one of those things is definitely working out. Um, I had this realization that I'm not an at-home workout person. <laughs> I posted something about this on Instagram just the other day, but you know, the easiest option for me would be to do like a beach body workout or a 10 or 15 minute home workout because I can do that during nap time. I can do that any time of day. I can do that when Otto's home and the family's home before dinner or while dinner's cooking. That's the obvious choice that would work. But every time I made a plan to do that, you know, okay, Monday, I'll start working out three days a week at home. I just would dread it. And that's very unlike me because I love working out. And then the other option was I just didn't work out, right? So either I'd have this plan and fail, which made me feel like I wasn't in integrity with myself and that didn't feel good, or I wouldn't work out and then I wouldn't get all the endorphins and I wouldn't feel like I actually had my identity, (laughs) you know, I kind of felt like it was lost in the shuffle of everything. So what I realized was that I enjoy workouts when I can leave the house and I don't have to worry about somebody getting up or somebody needing me or be interrupted when I can just have that space for me. And with my husband's crazy schedule, he's gone really early in the morning. He comes home really late at night and I don't want to leave my family when he gets home at night. We're Mm -hmm. having dinner. We're having that family time. And so it just felt like I couldn't win. But that wasn't true. I could win. I just had to figure out how to get that workout in during the day. And that my options were either to find a gym with a daycare or to ask my neighbor or to pay somebody. So what I started doing is I started paying my neighbor to watch um, Leo. Otto's at school, so he's taken care of. So I can go to the gym three days a week. And I have experienced the most positive shift in my energy and my mood ever since I committed to that. I know I was really hesitant at first because I'm like, I don't want to pay somebody. That's a lot of money. But to me, going to gym is kind of my therapy. So I'm like, I can either pay, you know, a therapist to talk to me and pretty much tell me that you need to work out and you need to um, you know, keep going with you know, who you are and what you love to do, or I can just be, take that action and do that. So That's something I think, you know, I've worked with a couple of clients this week and that was a common variable that they didn't feel like themselves because they love fitness or they love a specific hobby um, and they haven't been able to do it. And you can do it as a mom. You just have to sometimes make compromises. And in this case, mine was paying somebody. Mm, yes, yes. I'm I'm so happy you you found a way to make it work for you. And again, you considered many different options. So there are many different ways to make that work. And uh, I'm so glad it, it's making you feel better. And I can really, uh, yeah, relate to that. It's just that that identity uh, crisis that we have uh, in the postpartum and uh, not feeling like ourselves anymore. So it's so, so important to get those back into back in place in our life as soon as as we can and we're able to yeah and then another piece of my identity that I've lost over the years especially as a mom is giving to other people and I know that sounds backwards because you give so much to your family but I felt like I was not 
being true to who I was in terms of giving to my friends. So I love to cook and, and bake and give gifts of, you know, affirm or gifts of, is that gifts of affirmation? No, that's words of affirmation. Love language for me is giving to people. Mm-hmm. So, um, giving gifts to other people, um, giving them my time too. So sometimes, you know, I would have a phone call scheduled with a friend but not be present with them or I knew a friend was having a hard day and normally before kids I would buy them flowers and go take them out to dinner and really let them know that I'm there and I felt like over these last couple of I feel like over these last couple of years I've let that slip because I'm just so overwhelmed in the craziness of my life and that doesn't feel good to me. So what I've been starting to do is really acknowledging my friends that are out there and giving them some of my time, even if it means bringing the baby with me or asking my husband to watch the baby so I can be with my friend during their hard time. And that's felt really good to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. It can be easy to lose you know, friendships or to lose that, that peace just because life is, life is hectic. Life is very full when you have a family that you're taking care of. Yeah, and I remember even myself, like uh, when I had, before I had my son, uh, I had friends who started having baby uh, earlier and, you know, I felt like, oh, that's it. Like I'm kind of losing my friend Mm -hmm. because, you know, (laughs) life will never be the same after that. (laughs) Now I can really understand both sides of it. Yeah. (laughs) And what else are you doing for for self-care? I mean, that's already quite a bit, but I think <laughs> that you are the self-care queen, so I'm sure there's more. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've been doing a lot more... Um, taking care of my body as well as my mind. So as far as my body, um, I remember with Otto, I would skip taking a shower because I didn't want him to cry for like two minutes. I'm like, oh my gosh, if he cries or if he fusses and I'm not there, I'm in the shower, that's so selfish. And I should just wait until my husband comes home to take a shower. And now, you know, either... Leo just has become used to me taking a shower and putting my face together and my hair together or... um, you know, I've just become more comfortable with him fussing a little bit, but I'll go and take a shower. And if he's going to fuss for a minute or two while I'm taking a shower, that's totally fine because I need to clean myself. (laughs) Um, same thing with like, um, putting makeup on or doing my hair. I've been trying to do that a little bit more too, just because I feel better about myself. It's not that I want to impress anybody, but I just feel like I have my life together a little bit more when that's done. Um, I have been playing around with different facial masks and different makeup products, and I actually have a monthly subscription to a company called Good Being, and they send me, I think it's five different samples every month of different lotions and potions and those kind of things, nail polishes that are, um, you know, cleaner and more natural than the conventional products. And so I would like to play around with those and kind of be a little bit more girly again instead of just... You know, running around with my hair down, no makeup, and mm-hmm. spit up all over me. So I try to put myself together a little bit more these days. Um, and then as far as my mind, I've been, when I go for walks, instead of obsessing and listening to podcasts about baby sleep and <laughs> all those kind of things, I've been listening to podcasts about self-care and how to um, really better myself as a person versus make sure my baby's 100% happy all the time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think that is so important, and that goes back to all of these things. Feel like they are uh, contributing to your own sense of self uh, instead yes. of everything being so focused on on the baby. So that that's that's a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> okay, so that covers the self care part pretty much. Now, uh, would would you like to uh, share a bit more about food? What did you eat postpartum to help your body recover? Yeah, I had my mom and dad around when Leo was born, and that was instrumental in helping me eat well. They, my mom would help make eggs in the morning. Um, I would have breakfast, you know, lunch and dinner prepared for me if I needed to. And so that was just fantastic. Um, if that's not an option for people, you know, you can definitely keep it easy by having freezer meals ready by making sure you have a meal train ready for you by you know asking for help from your neighbors in your community um so there's ways you know if if your family isn't around to help but my family was around to help so mornings usually i would do you know oatmeal um for my milk supply and just oatmeal always felt feels good for me in the postpartum period so I listen to my body, and even though it's not paleo or full 30, <laughs> it's what works for my body. So I'll have oatmeal, I will have leafy greens, and I'll have some eggs in the morning um, with either avocado or coconut oil or some kind of fat to make sure I have my protein, fat, and carbs first thing in the morning. If it's really hectic, if, you know, now that my parents are gone and... I have to get Otto ready for school, and I've got to get myself ready, and then Leo has needs too, and Brian's gone. The mornings can be all over the place, so sometimes I will throw, um, make a smoothie for myself. So I'll throw some leafy greens, some plant-based protein powder, some collagen peptides, some fruit, usually blueberries or raspberries or strawberries, um, some avocado or flax seeds, um, or maybe coconut butter. And I've been recently putting cauliflower rice. I don't know if you've seen this trend, but I've been putting frozen cauliflower rice into the blender and it thickens it and it tastes so good. It's like, do you I don't, put a lot? How much do you put for I put uh, about a half a cup. Okay. I have to okay. a full cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's kind of like putting a banana in so you get mm-hmm. that creaminess, but you don't get the sugar because mm-hmm. I don't do well with bananas. That's something I've recently found out about myself. I just, my stomach doesn't feel good and I just feel like I get the sugar crash. So I'd be interested to test my blood sugar after eating one and see what it's like. But mm-hmm. that's kind of my breakfast. And then lunch is usually whatever we've we had for dinner as leftovers. And I put it in a bowl because <laughs> I love of bowls. <laughs> I just posted about that. Um, over some kind of green or some kind of vegetable. And then um, I... I've made a bunch of lactation balls, and the recipe, we'll post the link in the show notes, but it's from the Baker Mama, and they're really good. I use less less honey than what she calls for, and I don't always put chocolate chips in there, because I feel like once I put chocolate chips in there, I just eat it because it tastes good versus <laughs> eating it for like true satiety needs. So I'll have like a lactation ball or something starchy to go with it. And then dinner, usually, you know, right away in the postpartum, I'm a big fan of doing warm soups and stews and stir fries. I think that's very healing. That's what's, you know, traditionally been given to moms in the postpartum is something warm um, and comforting like that. 
Um, but it's always a protein, a veggie, and a starch. I have a starchy vegetable or a grain with every single meal to help my milk supply and to help me feel full and satiated, which, you know, some people think, you know, for some people having a carb or a starchy vegetable makes them hungrier. For me, I just feel like the meal is well-rounded and I'm left feeling complete versus like needing a sugar or something to finish it. Yeah. Do you, how do you feel about that? Yes, yes. It has evolved uh, over time, but uh, especially since pregnant and, and still nursing, uh, it's just, I need my carbs. Like my husband yeah. was used to cooking. Like uh, we, we would be more minimal in terms of carbs. So now like he knows like the first thing I ask, did you prepare carb because I need my carbs? <laughs> yeah. And it used to be that I would you know, make the regular meal and then make quinoa or whatever. And that would be Brian's, my husband's. And, but now I'm dipping into that bowl and eating it along with him. So it does evolve over time. That's for sure. (laughs) And then if I have extra time, if for some time, you know, the, the times where Leo is sleeping during nap time or dinner is calm, I'll have a a big salad. So I'll literally put tons of veggies in a mixing bowl, not like a salad plate, like a huge mixing bowl and eat that. And that's only if I have time to eat it slowly and to be able to process it. Because if you try to eat tons of vegetables or raw vegetables specifically, um, while you're in a stressful mode, you are going to pay for it later. It's not going to feel comfortable. You're not going to be able to secrete the enzymes and to get your body into the state where it can fully digest and uh, break down those those veggies. Mm-hmm. So I love those. That's my favorite thing when I can sit down and have one. And mm-hmm. then I'll have a protein bar in the bedroom just in case I am up a bunch of hours in the middle of the night with Leo and I need something, but I don't want to run downstairs and open up the bright lights of the refrigerator door. Um, so I'll have like an Epic bar or an RX bar or something like that. That's easy and quick for me to just eat and go back to sleep right away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, and how do you make meal planning or prepping easier? Do you have any tips too? Because of course, when we eat real food, sometimes uh, we need to dedicate a bit more time uh, to plan and prep for that. So how do you make that work? Yeah, I made sure to have two months worth of freezer meals. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of work right before Ali was born to get that together. So we had a lot of freezer meals. We actually still have some. Um, <laughs> it was six months later, which they're probably <laughs> almost ready to go bad maybe, but um, we did that. So we can just pull one of those out if we need to, if last minute we forgot to cook or we didn't get time to cook. So we have those. But you know, I've been really just sticking to the basics and winging it a lot of the time. We purchased um, a quarter of a cow Uh, a while back and so we have just different pieces of that cow in our deep freezer and so I'll take a piece out and I'll just google the piece and usually put like paleo chuck roast or something like that and I pick the easiest recipe usually it's just like spices and carrots and onions and celery and I'll put it in a dutch oven and and there we go we're good to go and then ground beef I'll just use some taco seasonings or I'll make it into like a curry ground beef or I'll make it into meatballs and usually just use the ingredients that we have in our house. Maybe going to the grocery store and buying a few specialty ingredients, but just really keeping that simple because I've noticed that a 
cluttered kitchen and pantry makes me anxious and I just don't like the feeling of having so much stuff in our kitchen. So when I can open the pantry and open the refrigerator and see everything and it's not all over the place, it just Hmm. makes me feel so much better. (laughs) So (laughs) we stick to the basics. Um, We use the Dutch oven, like I said a lot. We use the Instant Pot. The Instant Pot has been our lifesaver for making hard-boiled eggs, making spaghetti squash, making different soups and stews, bone broth. We love that thing. So that's been a gift, this postpartum. We do still use the slow cooker. So sometimes I will throw... um, you know, hard-boiled eggs, or I'll throw some vegetables to steam in the Instant Pot and then have the slow cooker going with chili. So I have both of those things going on at the same time. And then we always make double or triple whatever recipe we're making. We always we always make sure to add more because my husband's a big eater. Um, I eat quite a bit for a woman. My son Otto eats a lot and I don't want to have to cook a new meal every night that sounds terrible so we do (laughs) it sounds just like real life (laughs) oh my gosh I couldn't imagine I mean some people do it because they hate leftovers I know you know our a couple of our neighbors are like that they're like oh what are we making for dinner tonight all the time and I'm like we're Uh. just doing leftovers like really you're gonna make a new and it's usually around like seven o'clock they're asking what are we having for dinner and I'm like we had dinner two hours ago (laughs) I just it's such a different life I guess I don't know mm-hmm. yeah no, but, I mean as long as it works for you that's fine yeah. but I'm more on the yeah leftovers side are yeah, leftovers are my friends <laughs> yeah granted their kids are older so it's a little bit easier and they've got things going on you know basketball practice soccer practice whatever but um for us yeah we're early birds for sure Um, And then, you know, when I feel up for it, when I want to try new recipes or we're getting bored with just ground beef and and stews and that kind of thing, I have a subscription to Real Plans, and Real Plans will take the guesswork out of it for you. One of the things that I don't like about meal planning is figuring out what I'm going to make. Like, I'm like, what is everybody going to like? I don't know. And luckily, my family's pretty open with food. They'll eat anything that they don't have to cook that's put in front of them. But with real plans, I'll just say, okay, I want, you know, three dinners and two breakfast options and one lunch option or whatever the case may be. And then it will figure out which recipes. It'll just kind of shuffle it around and pick out recipes for you, create a shopping list. Um, It's really easy recipes. You can figure out your dietary modifications and that will do it for you. So yeah, so that's kind of nice. And then if you don't like a recipe that they give you, then you can switch it up for a different recipe. So you can use that and then, you know, bonus tip, if you really don't like meal planning or prepping or shopping, you can use something like real plans, get your grocery list and then use something like, um, you know, a lot of the grocery stores now are giving customers the option to just pick their groceries online and Mm -hmm. then they'll deliver them to the car. I don't know (laughs) if you've seen this, but, um, yeah, so you can do that. So you don't even have to do any of it. You don't have to do any of the preparation process. It can be automated for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, so are you the type of person who doesn't mind eating the same meal for a few days in a row or do you like make different recipes and then, uh, switch it up or try to, 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 how do you, how do you make it work? 
Yeah, I don't mind eating the same thing a couple days in a row. Like, my breakfast is pretty much the same every day. And then lunch and dinner, usually, like I said, leftovers for lunch and then dinner is something new. So we typically make four different meals, like dinner meals, throughout the week and then use those for lunches and dinner. And then breakfast, like I said, is usually like eggs or a chicken hash with sweet potatoes or a smoothie. So, yeah, I think keeping it easy is... a really awesome tool for new moms because then you always have the ingredients in your kitchen. You don't have to think about it as much. And yeah, of course, variety is really important and we want to make sure we balance our diet with different vegetables and just broccoli and cauliflower and lettuce. But you have to think of your life as a series of seasons. And right now, if you're in the early postpartum season, your goal isn't to be incorporating 15 different new vegetables yeah, every not day, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think, you know, definitely as we introduce Leo to salads, we will broaden the variety of foods that we eat just because we want to expose them to different flavors. But for now, this is what's working for us, and I'm totally okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same. Like, we have a, a protein that I make a big batch of and we may have for a few days in a row. But then what I how I try to add varieties with the side dishes, like what I mm-hmm. serve on the side, the, the carb or the, the vegetables. And uh, so, yeah, I, I keep it really, really easy and simple, too. And I, 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 yeah, I like it that way. I don't like meal planning or... Even following recipes, I'm really not uh, good at that. I might look at it for inspiration, but then I just, <laughs> I just, I just rebel against it and do my own thing. <laughs> yeah, you can do that for cooking, but not for baking. I've learned that the hard way so many times. This this weekend, I actually oh, I saw made, your picture on yeah, Instagram. <laughs> I tried to make banana bread for Otto's school teachers. It was um one of his teachers' birthdays, and then I'm like, you know, I should probably make some for the front desk staff, and then the morning and afternoon teachers. Just you know, just to be nice and I obviously like I just said I love doing that kind of thing and I try to tweak it by adding in some collagen and using different flowers and it just (laughs) did not work so well so I'm like okay I'm just sticking with the basics I'm not gonna waste you know the ingredients are expensive when you're Mm -hmm. using quality food like that so Mm -hmm. my neighbors loved it because they got all these (laughs) odd looking banana breads but you know at the end of the day I don't have that much time when the cost is definitely a factor some people are already uh you know creating those uh, recipes yeah, that I'll leave are, it to the experts. <laughs> it's more like, a, yeah, it has to be pretty precise. And I'm just curious about, so when you're cooking, is it when Otto is at school or do you have Leo with you or is he sleeping? How do you handle that? That's a good question. So in my, in my ideal world, what would happen is my husband would take the boys on the weekend and give me a couple of hours to mm-hmm. meal prep. But that hasn't been happening lately. <laughs> um, so what I've been doing is, yeah, just really you know, actually doing it when Leo's awake and showing him what I'm doing and making into a game and letting mm. him feel the different foods. Um, we did have an incident where he was playing with the chili powder oh. and he somehow managed to twist the cap off. So a chili powder went all over our kitchen, all over his hands, all over his mouth. And I literally had a meltdown. I was like, oh my God, I don't think he ingested any of it because he didn't make a face or he didn't cry, but he just had like chili pepper everywhere. So I ran him underneath the sink and just tried to get as much of it off. I have a picture of it, like the chili powder just all over the floor that I was meaning to post. Like, you know, this is his first food is chili powder. (laughs) This is what we're doing for baby lead weaning. But, um... 
But yeah, so I usually have him around with me and then I just do chunks at a time and I'm, I have become very efficient at it. So I'll usually have three things going at one time. Like I'll have cauliflower steaming and I'll have hard boiled eggs cooking and I'll be prepping a roast. So I don't do one thing at a time. That's just, that's how I am (laughs) in life in all different areas. Um, you know, even right now, Leo's sleeping and I'm talking to you and doing this. So I'm not good at just doing one thing. Um, but yeah, that's that's how we're doing it now. Um, so trying but, to be really efficient and yeah. uh, entertain uh, yeah. the little one in the meantime. Okay, You got it. Yep. But I wouldn't have been able to do that with Otto because Otto is a lot more... Um, he needed a lot more attention and he needed a lot more hands-on time. Whereas Leo is truly good just like crawling around and watching me and being on his own. So again, it's going to depend on the temperament of your baby. And would you be able to cook while wearing Otto? Uh, or you no. wanted to, to move? He was too active yeah, for that. He, he wanted to move. He's always been a mover. I mean, he'll, he doesn't stop. We literally have to force him to sit down and watch the iPad or like force him to read a book because mm-hmm. he just wants to move all day. All day. Yeah, with Aiden, I could I could cook while wearing him, but that's, you know, at least I had two hands, but you, you still like, almost pretty much like you're pregnant because you have that big mm-hmm. thing in front of you yeah. and you know cooking yeah. close to the stove is a bit more yeah. dangerous or putting things in the oven is just not not really safe so yeah I guess you uh, have to work around that yeah you figure it out <laughs> every baby's different so you'll have to use different strategies mm-hmm. And um, and what about your mental health? So you already ta- told us that you believe you probably had some borderline um, mm-hmm. postpartum depression or anxiety uh, with your first. Um, how are you doing right now? I'm doing really well. I'm probably the most stable as far as moods that I've been in a very, very long time, like even before babies. And I think... I've just come to the point in my life where I realize I can't control everything and (laughs) you kind of surrender to the chaos of having two kids and just have to laugh at all of the things that go wrong (laughs) versus cry about them. Mm -hmm. Because if you try to, the moment you try to control something is the moment that, you know, you're going to fail. It just isn't going to happen. So definitely, um, just given up in that aspect of life, given up on having the house be clean. You know, I try to pick it up. I try to have Otto clean when he's done with his toys, but Mm -hmm. I'm not as strict about that. And I think that's cleared up a lot of space in my head. So that's been um, a change for me. I've been continuing to be outside a lot. Luckily, we're in San Diego. I don't know how I would be if I was in a different part of the country when mm-hmm. you can't go outside or like it's snowing in April, like I've heard in a couple of areas. <laughs> um, but you know, just being outside, I would probably get a light box if that was the case, to be honest with you. Um, I, since we're living on base in a military base, I am around people that are my age and at my stage of life and that's been fantastic because if I need that social interaction I just walk outside my door and I find a mom that's outside and I talk to her um so that's been really helpful versus with Otto um we lived in an older community and so I didn't have the ability to talk to somebody my age unless I went to a mom's group or something like that so I think your neighborhood can definitely play a role in in that social aspect piece that's so necessary 
Um, I've been listening to podcasts. One of the, you know, I'm, I'm sure people are going to write us questions about what podcasts I've been listening to, but Bold New Mom, and we'll link to that. Bold New Mom has been a really helpful podcast for helping me understand myself and my new identity as a mom of two. Um, I, you know, to just really take it one day at a time. Leo is our last baby. We've, um, I, I was going back and forth about admitting to this, but we surgically made sure that that is going to be our last baby unless mm-hmm. <laughs> something happens. So I've been enjoying all of the struggles in a different way. I think, you know, with the, with Otto, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to do this all over again. So it felt like it was never ending the lack of sleep and all the different leaps. Mm. But with Leo, I know that this phase is going to end and this is the last time I'm going to have a baby at this age. So, you know, that can be helpful too for, for moms who are sure that they're done is just, you know, really taking time to savor each day, each moment, because it goes by so fast. When I think about the fact that Leo is six months already and the fact that he's going to be a year, like tomorrow it's going to feel like, you just have to relish every single moment with him. Yes. And that's been helpful. Um, I've been supplementing too. I think like I talked about the adaptogens, but I believe that I may have been a little bit iron deficient with, um, Otto because I did bleed a lot. And so, you know, I've been making sure my iron stores are where they need to be, um, through either, you know, proper supplementation and diet. Um, and then I've been taking a supplement to support my thyroid and I'm about to go get tested. I've been, I wanted to go get tested at three months, but I was actually feeling really good. So I postponed it to six months, but just getting an overall wellness check, checking my thyroid to make sure I don't have any thyroid antibodies, which are very common with new moms. Um, making sure my thyroid in general is well, and then checking my ferritin stores, making sure my iron's where it should be, and I'll probably do a nutrient composition panel too to make sure that all my deficiencies, if I have any, are corrected. Um, and then as far as you know, other supplements, I did get my placenta encapsulated, but it's so funny, Egley. I I just didn't really use them. Uh, they're mm. still in my refrigerator. I think I used five or ten placenta pills mm-hmm. but I was feeling really good in the the early postpartum that I didn't even think about taking them and then mm. you know after a couple of weeks and months I'm like I don't even know that they would be good to take right now mm-hmm. so I yeah so I have a ton of placenta pills I'm like I wonder if I can sell these somehow <laughs> sell you know, them on like... eBay or... <laughs> <laughs> I know I know they're they're really good I mean I was super healthy during my pregnancy for organic placenta free range and all of that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we have those. I have the tincture too. So if I if I somehow down the road start feeling like I need it, those are there for me. That's uh, a good point. I mean, if you felt good and you felt like you know you didn't feel like you needed to do something else, uh, I I think that that's just another good point that we need to listen to our body and how we're feeling. We don't need to follow certain steps and that are written on paper or that we've read and take that as you know the, the truth and what we need to do. We we can be flexible and and go with the flow, and that's really a beautiful example of that yeah thank you (laughs) and then the final thing that I I wanted to talk about today is when it comes to self-care and mental health and filling your cup sometimes we overthink 
the process or overthink um, how other people are going to feel if we do it. And I'll give you an example of that. So with with Otto, when he was born, every time I wanted to leave the house to do something, let's say I wanted to go out for a girl's night or I wanted to go to the gym or I just wanted to have 30 minutes to lay down in bed, <laughs> I would always feel like I was inconveniencing my husband and or I wasn't a, a mom that could handle being a mom and so I felt guilty or I felt shame for not being able to be this super mom and be on all the time and I realized that that was not serving myself and so now instead of wanting to go somewhere and feeling like I'm going to inconvenience somebody or worrying about asking or figuring out if it's really worth it I just do it <laughs> Last night, for example, I, I, my nanny isn't available all week this week, and so my time going to the gym is limited. And so I actually, instead of saying, honey, um, can we trade a night? Or honey, I know this is really hard. I know the boys are a lot in the evening, but would you mind? I was like, babe, I need to go to the gym tonight. It's really important for my mental health. Do you mind watching the kids for an hour? done like I didn't like I knew he could handle it I knew it would make me come back home and be really like you know just be like feeling feel like myself again be a better mom for everybody and he was like yeah sure that's totally fine so I think sometimes we overthink it when it comes to allowing ourselves to enjoy self-care that's so so true I can so relate you can to that relate. feeling yeah. guilty like feeling like you have to be the the super mom being able to do everything and never asking for help so that was me too but I I I, I don't have a second one but even this is something I've had to uh, learn to do and uh, it, it's just like when you start it feels awkward but the more you do it the the you know the easier it gets and it's just like uh working out a new muscle and then it 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 becomes more natural and i think that everybody benefits from from, from it like a, a healthy and happy mom makes the whole family uh better and yeah i think it is so important as women we i don't know about you but i was raised uh in a way where self-sacrificing was kind of the way to go especially for mm -hmm. mom like my mom would always be the you know if we had leftovers everybody could pick a different leftover that they would want and my mom would all be take whatever is left or you yeah. know I did those kind of sacrifices and that's pretty much how we're taught that women and moms should be but it doesn't have to be that way and it's actually um uh how do you say that um it it, it it does us a disservice uh to us and also the people around us so we need to take our space and have our boundaries and ask for what we need and we, we we deserve it <laughs> yeah absolutely and then you know vice versa if your partner asks for something too it feels good to be able to give that to them my husband you know last night i went to the gym and and This morning, he told me that one of his friends is coming to town and he wanted to go out for a drink with his friend and it was no big deal to me. I was like, yeah, sure, go for an hour. And I know he's going to come home and just feel energized and feel like himself again because he got that free time to go and play. And so it's definitely both sides. You have to, you know, if you're going to ask for these things, you always also have to give them to the other person. It's got to yeah. be fair in that way. But yes. you're, yeah, both partners are going to just feel like their cups are that much fuller and we also do this on the weekend so this is another thing that you know people can consider is um 
on Saturday or Sunday, we each have about two to three hours of playtime. And so for me, I'll go to a hot yoga class and then I'll go to a coffee shop or I'll just take a nice long shower at the gym (laughs) on my own and then come home. And then my husband will usually go golfing for a little bit and then he'll come home. And then on Sunday or the other day, we'll have a family day for the entire day. And that way each week we each get at least three, two to three hours of alone time to do whatever we want. And that's, I mean, it's obvious, like that's not that far-fetched of an idea, but when you are caught up in the day-to-day struggle of trying to get everything done and trying to keep everybody happy and do things around the house, you can forget that you can make those trades. Like you don't both have to be watching the kids all the time. One person can leave and then the other person can leave and you can have, you don't have to be around together all the time, all weekend. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that's so true. I love that. And the giving and receiving, I feel like many, many women are pretty good at giving, but it's the receiving yeah. part that we need to practice a little bit. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Yep. So what would be your, uh, if there's anything we we didn't talk about, and what would be uh, your last message uh, to help women if they are planning on having a postpartum soon because they're they're pregnant or they will be pregnant in the future or they're in the postpartum right now? What would you like to tell them? I think getting clear about what your needs are and what you need to feel your optimal, your best. Um, because when I ask this question to my clients, like what makes you happy? What are your hobbies? What, what did you do 10 years ago when you had more free time? A lot of times I hear silence because I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've gone so far away from doing things that serve us or are, you know, what we would consider selfish, which aren't, um, or, you know, we're just we're just overwhelmed with life that we forget or don't do our hobbies. And so I think writing down, maybe that's singing, maybe that's going to the gym or a hot yoga class, maybe that's going outside and reading on the beach, but identifying what you need to feel like you and feel best is going to help you because you can give that list to your partner and in the postpartum period, let them know, okay, I need an hour a week. I need 10 minutes a day. I need three hours a week to do this, to feel like myself again. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important. Um, I think having an outline of who's going to do what is important. So you're clear about who's doing the dishes, who's doing the laundry, who's grocery shopping that way, you know, because a lot of times what can happen is before you have your baby, you have your established roles of who does what. And when mom isn't able to do X, Y, or Z because she's healing, it can be, um, things can fall under the cracks and when you're trying to divvy it up, it just can be really hard once you have a baby in hand. So I think figuring out, okay, ahead of time, okay, how are we going to manage this postpartum? Do we need to hire somebody who's going to do what that, so that the rules are clear. So that would be my second tip. And then the third tip would be to, I guess, figure out where your support is going to come from in your community. So are you somebody that has a neighborhood full of young people that you can confide in to hang out with? Are you going to have to find a new mom's group so that you can get the me time? Are you okay being alone and, you know, just having 
people come to you every now and then for support? Um, do you have a meal train in place? So figuring out how your support system is going to operate because you can't do it alone and you shouldn't do it alone. Well, I should say you can do it alone, but you shouldn't do it alone. Um, so yeah, so figuring out what your needs are, what makes you feel like you, figuring out which jobs you and your partner are going to um, take on as your responsibility as a parent so that there's no fighting, everything's clear, you've got it figured out, everything's handled. And then three, figuring out how you want to approach the postpartum. Do you want to do it on your own mostly and then just, or do you want to have that community there? And if you want to have that community there, how are you going to get that? Mm -hmm. I love how you said like you can do it alone, but you shouldn't. So I think uh, many of us think, you know, there's, we feel like we want to be strong and, and, you know, do know that we're able to do it and it's true uh, you know um, many women are able to do it no matter how hard it is but I think there's even more strength in asking for what we need to make this work uh, to 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 preserve our ourselves to make sure we stay happy and that we don't become bitter and resentful in the process so there's a lot of strength in asking for what we need and creating those those boundaries and planning ahead like like you just said and I'm going to add a fourth thing to it, okay? Yes. <laughs> and then go work with a provider that will identify any health concerns for you that you may be misidentifying as just being a mom. For example, fatigue, um, you know, feeling more depressed than what may be you know, healthy for you. Um, you know, thyroid issues, like I said, are so common. So at least, you know, by three months, have your your labs checked out, your thyroid checked out, your iron checked out. Talk with a practitioner if you're feeling like you're really suffering from depression because the longer these things go on, the harder they're going to be to resolve and you want to enjoy your motherhood. So a lot of traditional OBs or, um, or you know, your your usual doctor, your general practitioner, they won't check everything that needs to get checked. And so I always have moms get a full thyroid panel with free T3, free T4, thyroid antibodies, TSH, ferritin, and so on. Because your health is really important. If mom, who's the central core that's keeping everything together, isn't healthy, um, everything's going to fall apart and you're not going to enjoy motherhood. So we really need to stop brushing off these things as just feeling like, oh, this is part of being a new mom and working on feeling like the best mom that you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautifully said. Um, yeah, so I guess that concludes this episode. I think there's quite a bit uh, in this one uh, that will help many other mamas uh, have a postpartum that was as good as the one you just had. So thank you so much for sharing all of these steps and um and we'll be in. We'll we'll come back in a couple of weeks with a new episode. Well, it was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to my rant. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a rant. It's all good stuff. <laughs> Take care. All right. Bye bye. So this is it. Please remember that the views on this podcast and website are not meant to be substituted for medical advice, shouldn't be used to diagnose, treat, or cure any conditions, and are intended for general information purposes only. 
And thank you for listening to Real Food Mamas. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast to help us spread the real food word. We also invite you to visit our website, realfoodmamaspodcast.com, and our new Facebook page, Real Food Mamas, to find past episodes, leave comments, and ask questions for future shows. Remember, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher. Now go on, have a good day, and nourish and nurture you and your family.